0: I'm not a regular preacher here, as you know. Um, In fact, the last time Andy asked me to speak was, it was in July time, and it was in the Seish Hotel in Newcastle. So that was in 1993. (laughs) So that was 30 years ago. So we want to come back for the second part. somewhere around 2015. Mind you, I thought 1993 went well, so if this isn't the question, it might be God. <laughs> Praise God. You no, know, he's, uh he's an apostle, shaped our lives these last 30 years, and uh, we've, uh, we're privileged. Uh, we've moved three times, gone to three different churches as a result of what was brought to us, and uh, we are truly blessed. Anyway, what are we doing this morning? Uh, we're looking. We're in this series, uh, looking at the seven miracles, seven signs that we have that authenticated Jesus as the, the Son of God. As we see this in the the Book of John, and uh, the Book of John is a wonderful gospel. It's a bit different to the other ones, uh, as as you probably know. Um, it was it was written. Uh, both and to the Jews, uh, particularly, and it was it was really to address the issue there that they saw him as a prophet, but not as the Son of God. And he was also writing to the, particularly to the Greeks, uh, that uh, they were very much a people that was full of philosophy, full of of, of, of reason in their approach. And he was he was really saying that you know this is not this is not just a teacher. But this is indeed the Son of God. Because it starts off, doesn't it? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And uh, by saying, in, in the beginning, the Word was with God, you're just referring back to Jesus and back to Genesis 1, that they would, they would recognise that as this, this is God that we're talking about here. And uh, so you, you get that point and And the point about... To, to, to the Greeks, um, he saying he's saying the, that Jesus is the word, he's, 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 the, he's the logos, he is the reason why. And uh, because they were a people in a culture that was very much preoccupied with, with understanding the reason why. And in many ways, that really speaks to our society, that we are very much preoccupied with, with the reason why. And uh, I mean, sadly, you know, even as Christians, we can get caught up into that why question, which is not always helpful and healthy for us, but it tells us here that Jesus, Jesus ultimately is, is the reason uh, behind, behind it all. Anyway, okay, we're in these seven miracles and uh, what we're talking about today is where Jesus uh, walked uh, on water and uh, it's quite interesting uh, when you look at the seven Signs, the seven miracles that we've got there, is, is what sort of didn't make the cut.
1: <laughs> what was <laughs> not.
0: <laughs> so things like casting out demons, oh, that's not in there. That's not in there. It's not in the, not in the Super 7. It, was, it didn't, didn't make the cut because there were, there were Pharisees and there were other people casting out demons. So when you go to work tomorrow, and you see demons, you say, oh, fuck, Pharisees. Even they were casting those out. There's no big deal here. And I'm born again. The Spirit of God lives to me. That's, uh, you, you're, uh, you're well ahead, ahead of, of those. But these seven the signs, they're not just some kind of tick list that we're going through. You know, the like, qualify. You know, this, 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 this. John 21, 31 says, These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life his name and that's what God wants for us this morning, that we have life in his name and it's written in that wonderful present continuous tense, isn't it, that it says that you may going on believing, you know, that awkward kind of wordiology and it says that, that you may going on having life in his name and it's a, it's a now thing, it's a present thing, isn't it, it's not just a, a historical thing, it's not just a reference thing that we're talking about. Anyway, let's have a quick look at the, uh, the scripture involved here in John chapter 6. And uh, I'm uh, reading uh, here in uh, verse 15. So, what's just happened is um, the feeding of the 5,000 has taken place uh, last week. <laughs> okay, and uh, he's, he, he's following on. So, this is literally hours after it's happened. You heard it last week, that was the point I was making. He says, Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough when they had rowed three Or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water. And they were terrified. But he said to them, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat. And immediately, the boat reached the shore where they were heading. So we've actually got two miracles here. We've got (laughs) the walking on the water. And then we've got the supernatural transportation of the boat from (laughs) the middle of the lake to uh, the other side. Well, you know, I'm the two for one this morning and, uh, but uh, I just want to make really three simple points in 15 minutes that uh, is going fast is when you put Jesus in the boat you get a solution when you've got Jesus presence there you've got a solution to a problem Um. And it's like, you can't... If this is ever a scripture that says you can't live on yesterday's blessing, this must be it, because it wasn't even yesterday. They'd seen the feeding of the 5,000. In fact, they been part of the feeding of the 5,000. And this is only hours ago. And here they are, anxious, stressed, fearful. and when, Because without Jesus, they couldn't do anything. But with Jesus... Their fears were allayed. Their anxieties disappeared. It even, you could even say, um, because you've got this scripture again in, this incident recorded again in Mark, where he says, Jesus actually says to them, um, go down into the boats, go on ahead of me." He literally says that. So you could say, well, they've got a directional word. They've got a, they've got a word from Jesus that says, go and do this. But yet still, they were afraid at the moment because Jesus wasn't with them. When Jesus was with them the issues were addressed. And he brings his presence, he brings his peace, he brings the solution to the problem. And I I just want to underline: I I love being in this church because we have this high value presence. Presence is everything. You know, without presence we've got nothing. and, and there's kind of nothing in between. You know, we'd like to be that way. But there isn't. Presence is everything. With absence, we've got nothing. And there are eight and out in between.
1: The second point I was just
0: want to make, again, it's a ridiculously simple point, is that Jesus loves to come to the disciples. Yeah. There is no slowness on his part. In coming to us this morning, it, it, there's no slowness. He, he's, he's streaming towards us in his love <laughs> with full-on, turned whatever whatever analogy you want to use. And it's always there. In Mark 6, it says, Jesus was walking on the water, and he says he was about to pass them by, and they cried out. So this wasn't the Jesus walking on walk to performance. This was Jesus going to them in their point, in the, in their absolute point of need. He wanted to come to them. He didn't sort of say, "Hey, you know, I've told you, you're going to get to the other side. Be encouraged. Take heart. You know, I'm i I'm, I'm on the shoreline. You, you'll make it. I'm an encourager of hearts. All of which would be true." But no, Jesus' love is such that he he wants to go to them. He wants to be with them. He wants to be with us in every circumstance of life. He doesn't want to be, in any sense, removed from us. Jesus Jesus loves us and Jesus loves to love us. And Jesus loves to love us because he is love and he is no other. He can't do anything else. He can't be other than for max love towards you right now. I mean, that's difficult to imagine, but it, 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 it's, it's true. And that perfect love, it casts out fear, doesn't it? It takes it away. And the third thing I wanted to sort of highlight in this is that Jesus walking on water, just to again, there is no difference in God between what is the natural world and the supernatural world. There is no difference whatsoever. And, uh, it, was, it was a couple of years ago, I was sat in our lounge, or we got some patio doors, and uh, I just, I don't know why it was, it was just in this moment, I was just thinking about, sort of hearing about gatherings and meetings where feathers had been falling down and meeting in the time of worship. And in this moment, I was just thinking about this. I was just, just thinking, and as you do, sort the case, you have to win it out. And, and not, being, not being at all spiritual or anything whatsoever. And as I did, this fellow comes past the patio, oh. top, top, left-hand corner, and floats all the way down to the bottom right. Outside, I was So I kind of rushed outside, got up got these so- so stuck it in my Bible in that moment. But, uh, but what amazed me was all that was happening was I was thinking about it. It's never happened since, it's never happened before. I never, I never, I never, but God, in his incredible life, will come to us in incidents that, that goes from the supernatural to the natural to just show us how much he is intimately connected with us and all we doing. You know, we read we really scriptures like, you know, Jesus knows our thoughts from afar. Well, it doesn't, you know, that's fine. But not only does he know them from afar, but he'll come and be connected in a physical way to us in the moment. I mean, that is absolutely wonderfully loving, kind, and gracious, and everything I don't deserve. <laughs> but he'll do it. You know, it wasn't even praying. I mean, but he's always doing things. I'm, I'm sure you've got examples as well. I mean, a couple of months ago, well, no, about a month ago, wasn't I? I always made some planters at home for the garden. I went out and bought precisely enough more, enough wood to make two. I finished making four, and uh, I uh, and I, I lined them and I put some soil in, and and, uh, and then what happened was it was. It was Father's uh, Day, came to the meeting, went to the prophetic brews, and quite an amazing yeah. spiritual woman, says to me, I see a planter. I think, what? No. What? <laughs> Nobody's told you me this. Oh, yeah, I know this. see a planter. And it's got soil in it. Yeah. And, she's, and there's nothing growing in it yet. <laughs> what? <No>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so precisely true. It's, it's gone knows your number, yeah. he knows, knows your address, he knows everything about you, <laughs> and he loves to do these hilarious uh, sort of things. So I, was, I was doing an online healing prayer, and that's a plug, by the way, unashamedly. Online online prayer, absolutely fantastic. Some amazing things happening there, and all you got to do is go on between 7 and 8, first Sunday of the month. Absolute yeah. blast, but I, I was I was on. Yeah and it was one of those Sunday afternoons when it was, it was evening and it was kind of I have got nothing <laughs> and I thought I'll go for a walk <laughs> and I remember near us we got some kind of woods, beech oak woodland and I sat on this bench, and I said to God I've got nothing I need to have words of it in my you sound all spiritual And uh, and I just shut my eyes and God said, I'll make you fruitful. And I thought, I'd like a better word than that, (laughs) (laughs) So, I opened my eyes and there's this tree in winter it has got no leaves on it. And the first thing I saw was an apple on it. And I'm thinking, God!
1: You are so kind, you are so
0: gracious, you are so encouraging. I mean, this tree ought to exist there. That was also becoming planted. I'm not saying that it was supernaturally uh, transported, but why not? Uh, but, but that's, God just wants to encourage us, doesn't he? That, and I hope this morning you, you are encouraged of his love and total, total involvement, even with your thoughts, even with your thoughts, intensely connected to us. I think God underlined to me this morning um, uh, that uh, he just uh, reminded me that to remind you that you, if you're a Christian this morning you're baptised in the Holy Spirit. And you might say, well, okay, I didn't know that. It's more than I just feel like God wants to underline to our oh, that you are baptized into God. Yeah. I get that you're baptized into the Holy Spirit, then you're baptized into God Himself. You are immersed into God this morning. Like, you know, as you go into in the water, it's all around you, and every bit is covered. You know, and that is the way it is as we are baptized to God. that word baptized over can mean kind of marinate as well. It's like oh, you are you are marinated in the love of God. You are immersed in him. And that's incredible. And just to underline I think this kind of there's no difference between the natural and the supernatural, is it gives us to speak in tongues. You know, you can speak in English one minute, and then you can speak in tongues, and it's going from the natural to the supernatural in, in, in a phrase, in a sentence. But, I mean, that's ridiculous even in itself, isn't it? I mean, you thought that's a good time, In a godly way, it's fondant, it? But I mean, you don't know what you're doing, and it's something of your spirit and God, and you're connected, and, well, Yes. So, but yet we have this great difficulty in our head in accepting that but there is, but you know, a proverbial cigarette packet's thickness between the natural and supernatural worlds. I'm sure you're not supposed to say like that. But we are. We're connected. We're joined in this most wonderful way. And he wants us to to imagine all that's possible. He wants to dream to use our minds in that. Um, just even this, 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 uh, this week I was doing some mindless painting of emotion and I thought i just put on a, a podcast. And the, and the first thing I randomly came to it was Bill Johnson and I randomly put something on him and the first thing he says is, is he, he says, I think the most significant book I've written is the book Dreaming with God. And, and I think that's, that's interesting, isn't it? He it, it expands the whole theme of what it is about thinking with God, about imagining things. That he's given us a creativity of which is what we're just celebrating in, 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 in uh, what Tim is doing over there. Or indeed, other things that are going on in church life, but God has connected us, us in the natural to the supernatural, in the most amazing way. I just want to encourage you in that, to Breaking Bread, that, you know, let's dare to dream, and let's dare to imagine what we can do. Sometimes we get stuck in what we've done, and it's all very familiar. and... But he wants, this, he, wants, he wants so much more. In Ephesians 3.20, he says, now. So that's the that's 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 time frame we're working on. Now. <laughs> to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. I love that word. Or imagine. God's, God's given you license for creative, creativity of thought. In, in that one phrase, all that we ask or imagine according to his power, not yours, his power that's at work within us. Glory. He's working within us so that we as our minds can agree with God and see wonderful things, uh, realize and, and happen. And Jesus says in each other about three or four times, he says, you know, basically, you know, like John 15, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. Well, that's a good line, isn't it? Ask whatever you wish, and, and it will be given to you. I mean, sometimes we get into, oh, you know, well, I might be straight off. Well, God's a good God. And if we're straight off into something a bit bizarre, His shepherding heart, it just brings the sheep back. It just brings them back. That's my experience. Where, you know, when I've gone for something that, you know, I keep a bit off. He just, he just gently brings us back and points you to the, the thing that is purposeful for us, that is productive, that is blessing for us, that is life for us. If he never lets you crash to the floor and never and, and picks, picks you up. He wants, he wants to give us the desires of our dreams and he's a good shepherd and he will direct us.